You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This, this is the Blue Horseshoe with your host, George Brummer and Ryan Hickey. Welcome into the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey, George Bremer here with you. A loaded show today. We are heading into the third and final preseason game. Colts and Bucks will play on Saturday. Colts uh, starters will play for about a half. We'll give you a few storylines. We're watching a date, unfortunately, that lives in infamy for every Colts fan has just passed. George and I will give both our reactions to just what was a surreal night on August 24th, 2019, when Angelic's playing career officially came to an end. They have some special teams concerns as well. A big injury bug does bite the Colts there. One of their best units from last season. One of their best overall players. And the team, unfortunately, does go down. But George, training camp now is officially in the books. The last practice out at Westfield did conclude on Thursday. How sad are you that now no more? The great picnic table setup you got outside of Grand Park, that you're abandoning it. This is it. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, we came in and our name tags were gone and it was a little you know, a little bit concerning. It was like, hey, just get out of here, guys. But no, I mean, <laughs> it was funny. Frank Reich was talking about it, you know, after practice. He said, uh, you're so excited to get there the first day because, you know, it's starting over and, you, and you're getting going with this new team. And you're so excited on the last day because now, you know, real football is right around the corner. And I think that's kind of how it feels. Uh, my 13th training camp here wrapped up. And uh, I think the best thing about this one is it was fairly uneventful. The last couple of days got a little hairy, uh, but, you know, certainly compared to last year, it was it was kind of dull. No sudden retirements, no figuring out and learning new bones in the foot and what these brand new surgeries mean and how long a quarterback and a left uh, guard could be out for. No, no medical degree needed, thankfully, for the most part at your 13th training camp covering the Colts. You just mentioned it did get a little hair in this week. For the most part, the Colts have been pretty lucky with the injury bug and have escaped major injury. Not the case so far this week. Earlier this week, Rigoberto Sanchez, their tremendous punter, underrated punter, really, unfortunately, did tear his Achilles out for the season. Colts did sign Matt Hawk, former Bills and Dolphins punter. So he's now going to be taking over the special teams and duties, kicking and punting duties uh, for the Colts this year. Before we get into that signing and the loss of Rigo, I do at least get on Chris Ballard here for a little bit, George. I thought there was a big opportunity missed by the Colts GM. One of the kickers they tried out, punters they tried out, Cameron Dicker, former Texas kicker. You could have signed Cameron Dicker. You could have asked Matt Pryor, change your jersey number. And you could have had Cameron Dicker, number 69, kick in for the Colts. I mean, this is a fan base that we know has an affinity for their punters. Pat McAfee was a, a rock star. You bring in Dicker the kicker, number 69. I know maybe Chris Bowden's not thinking about merchandising and getting the fans going. That would have been, you talk about a fan favorite. I think more jerseys would have been sold than, than Matt Ryan's number two. Oh, there's no doubt. I think that's that's a given. That might have been a record-breaking number of, of those jerseys <laughs> sold. Uh, the Colts already, the fan base probably has more jerseys per capita than, than any other team around. So uh, I think that would have been huge. I mean, it would have made money for the entire NFL. Probably Roger Goodell might be on the phone here soon with, with Chris Ballard saying, hey, wait a minute. Do you realize what you <laughs> passed up here? You know, you, you never know. But the other thing about Dicker, one of the guys at the star, Nate Atkins, is actually a big fan of him. He's been pushing him since the draft, honestly. Uh, but he's also a place kicker. So, you know, you had a chance to, to 
the more you can do, the less you get paid. Isn't that what Matt Pryor said earlier <laughs> this offseason? So, you know, that a lot of opportunities true. missed there. Huge, huge walk-off field goal in the Red River rivalry for Texas over Oklahoma a few years ago. That would, you know, if Hot Rod gets hurt, there you go. You put him right in. And imagine a few weeks, Colts, Broncos, Thursday night football. You have Al Michaels and you have uh, Cameron Dicker drill a, you know, a 65-yard punt inside the 10-yard line. He pins him. Dicker the kicker. It would have been, it would have been perfect. Big, big, huge. big opportunity missed there, George. Plus, you got to assume Cameron Dicker's a big Sam Ellinger fan, too. So True. you got that going as well. That bring the bring the Texas connection north. That is for sure. But obviously, though, a big loss for the Colts and Rigoberto Sanchez. Again, one of the most underrated uh, punters in the league. Whether it's his directional kicking, whether it's pinning teams deep in the um, deep in you know in their own territory inside the twenty. And we talk about this Colts team again. We think right. We both think they're a good team, a pretty good team, a team that should win the division. But in an AFC that is loaded with a, a tons of very good to elite teams, if the Colts are trying to compete and knock off any of the AFC West teams that they're going to play this year, one of the ways they're going to win is within the margins. And within the margins is special teams. This is one of the best special teams unit in all units overall in all of football. We saw that last year, you know, frankly, win them a few games. It is a, a big loss. I know you can kind of laugh. It's how it's a punter who, you know, that's an injury. If you're going to say you need an injury, that's when you would take. This is a big loss for the Colts. No, it's a huge loss. I mean, Bubba Ventrone said the other day, uh, he felt like his son got hurt. I mean, that's how important it is to him. Uh, Rigberto Sanchez, his directional punting, his ability to to pin people deep, uh, you know, and to limit returns is elite. He's as good as anybody in the NFL. That part of the game is is going to take a drop. There's no question about it. I don't think there was anyone they could bring in who was going to be able to match Rigberto in that sense. And so, you know, it's going to put more pressure on the return guys because now you don't have the punter kind of doing half that job for you. Uh, it's going to, and, and there's, you know, there's questions there a little bit too, because they've got some young guys that they like. I know Trevor Denbo, who was actually punting the other day when Sanchez was out before Hawk arrived. Uh, he's, I think he leads for whatever it's worth. He leads the the NFL right now in special team tackles. It's two games. Not everybody's playing. So, but I think when you're an undrafted guy, it's something that, that catches your eye. Uh, but they lost Matt Adams. And they lost George Odom. And if you're a Colts fan, you know what they meant to the special teams. I mean, all those things you were just talking about, the way these special teams have, have kind of, you know, taken care of things between the margins, won games for this team here and there, they lost some of the key pieces of that. And I think you've got to replace it. There's guys like JoJo Doman, who maybe makes the roster, Trevor, Trevor Denbo, uh, who they feel good about. They, they brought in Brandon King from New England, who I think they think will be a special teams guy they brought in Armani Watts from Kansas City who they think will be a special teams guy but it's still new bodies you know Ventrone said in addition to how much it hurts to lose Sanchez which is you can't really overstate that it is a huge loss I know it's the punter but he does so much for this team and then he's probably done as much coaching this year as he has since his first season because there are just so many young guys that or new guys in general that they're trying to work into these special teams units before, I want to circle back to the special teams concerns because, right, it goes far beyond just losing uh, Rigo for sure. I'm just going to throw it out there. Love to get your thoughts. Sanchez tore his Achilles running wind sprints after practice. Is it necessary for a punter to be running wind sprints after practice? I tell you, it's a very good question. I mean, I know <laughs> a lot of people are going back and finding the Adam Vinatieri clip, one of my favorite clips in NFL history when he's with New England. And he chases down Herschel Walker from behind. I mean, how many kickers are going to do that? Uh, but realistically, you know, the special teams guys need to be out there, the kickers and the punters and, and the long snapper. 
uh, maybe the long snapper. He's got some running to do. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, when when during a game is is Rigoberto Sanchez going to sprint? I guess you know they do they do want him to play defense. Um, it's it's also generally a low risk kind of activity. That's the other side of it. You're not doing that with the with the thought someone's going down. It's really just such a freak injury, and it's I think that's part of of what makes this so hard. Not only are you losing one of the more consistent players on this team and somebody who's really a, a key aspect of what they want to do, but you're losing them on this completely insane way. I mean, uh, it's the one thing that happened this year that was kind of reminiscent of last year. It's not, at least it's an injury we're familiar with, but, you know, losing your punter on wind sprints is definitely the most Colts thing that happened this training camp. I'm with you. Like I know there were, I saw on Twitter and again, Twitter, it's his own place. So maybe, you know, I really shouldn't just pay attention to it all, but there were questions and there was criticism. Why the hell is a punter running wind sprints? I'm with you. Look, we all have sprints in our lives. For the most part, 99.9% of us have come away unscathed. You, you don't really hear about players running sprints in part because they do it and no one gets hurt. It's just at the end of practice, it's fine. You're right. It's just one of those unfortunate freak injuries where almost like a one in a million kind of shot, it, it happens. Um, it's just when you hear it, it's, it's like if you're going to get an injury, it's almost you just prefer have it in joint practice, have it happen in a preseason game, like just something where it's like, okay, at least, you know, he's doing something that's associated with his job, whether in punting or kickoff, not just running sprints after practice, but I, I'm with it. There's really no reason for criticism. He's part of the team. Like I said, also, I think it sends a bad message. If I know they're specialists and you can say what you want about them, you know, not true football players otherwise, but it does send a bad message, uh, bad message rest of the team. If, you know, you have the kicker, the punter, a few other guys, kind of, you know, the backup quarterback, lackadaisical, you know, around not participating in wind sprints. I think it does help it in a small, maybe corny way, kind of help build some camaraderie within the team when everyone is kind of suffering at the same time. Yeah, you know, that's what it's really about. I mean, they're, they're, they're running those sprints. You're doing it as a team bonding as right. much as anything. Hey, you're all out here. It's the end of practice. You're all suffering through this. Uh, I know early on, I don't think he did it that day, but early on, Nate Ollie, the defensive line coach, was running with the defensive line. He certainly doesn't have to run wind sprints, but it's it's part of what you were just talking about. It's that idea of, hey, I'm not going to ask you to do anything I wouldn't do. Uh, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, because of the injury, yeah, there's going to be questions. But I think what's funny about it, well, not funny about it, frustrating about it, you hear about this all the time in baseball. You know what I mean? Somebody like slipped in the shower and they're, and they're yep. on a DL. It feels like one of those things. It's just, it was a completely freak situation. And the real unfortunate thing is it's, I don't know where you would rank Rigoberto Sanchez on the roster, but he's one of the better punters in the league. And it's, it's an important player that you lost. It's going to hurt. There's no question about it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Absolutely. Now to circle back to what you said before, it's like you look at this Colts team and again, last year they needed their defense and their special teams a lot of the times to, I don't say bail them out, but especially towards the end of the game, close games out when you kind of saw Frank Reich get real conservative and real nervous with Carson Wentz, really not trying to have him lose the game. One of the ways the Colts would be able to flip momentum or even get out to early leads, especially go back to that big Patriots game 
on Saturday night was special teams and it was, you know, blocked punts and it was, you know, pinning opponents deep in, in you know, in their territory. And we talked about on the last pod on Wednesday, the concern about the Colts rush defense. And one of the ways you help out the Colts rush defense this year is by having opponents start at their own 10 yard line. You know, especially if you're Lucas oil, the, the fans right there on top of you screaming, making life hard. It is again, a small part, especially in training camp. Cause we really don't pay attention to special teams at all. But it is magnified come the season because that's, like you said, you can win or lose games based on, you know, a 45-yard punt that's executed perfectly inside the 10 or a 37-yard punt that's right at the guy. And if he's a dangerous turner, next thing you know, he runs, you know, 30, 40 yards. And all of a sudden, the entire, you know, drive is flipped from what it could have been. It is a major loss. And like you said, Bubba Vinjona is a tremendous, tremendous special teams coordinator, George. I'd be lying, though, if I said I wasn't concerned. You mentioned some of the key losses they have with Matthew Adams and George Odom. Now you lose Rigoberto Sanchez. You could argue the three most important players and impactful players from last year's team. And I also question, too, with Shaquille Leonard's injury and his status for at least week one uncertain, let alone you know the next few games, you got to look at also guys like Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed, even Isaiah Rogers batting for that number two outside corner position. If those guys are starting and or playing significant reps, I do question and wonder, is that going to cut down on their, whether it's kick return for Rodgers or whether it's, you know, you know, special teams uh, usage for speed and for Franklin. That's again, that could be on top of the losses you already suffered, two or three other guys that are either limited and or completely off special teams that were huge additions last year. That's, I don't know about you. I am concerned heading to the season about where this unit is right now. Yeah, you throw Ashton Doolin into that mix as well. I mean, he's going to have a bigger role as a wide receiver. So at some point, you know, there's a balance there. At some point, if that becomes too much of a big role on offense, they're going to lose him on special teams as well. And I think he was their leading special team tackler last year. So there's another guy, you know, you could say maybe they're top four guys who are at least in question uh, whether they're going to be able to, to be on special teams early in the year. And you hope it's something that, that you can kind of learn on the fly in Houston and, and those guys get, get their feet wet and, you know, maybe they're better going forward because of it. But it's absolutely a concern. And I think it's one of these kind of silent concerns. It's something people don't really think about, uh, but it's going to – it's the same way as with the kicker and the punter themselves. You don't think about them at all until they miss a big kick or they shank a punk. It's the same way with the coverage teams. You know, you just kind of take it for granted – until the other team breaks a big return, it doesn't even have to be for a touchdown. Like you said, there's a big difference between starting your own 10 line, 10 yard line and starting at the 35 and the punt coverage and the punter have obviously a lot to do with, with making that difference. And a huge key also with the, with the Sanchez losses, not only punch, but obviously kickoffs as well. He handled both. And now with him out and we've seen, again, it's preseason. We're not overreacting, but we are allowed to not acknowledge so far what we've seen so far the first two preseason games. The Colts' kickoff coverage team is, is frankly stunk. It has not been good. They've been gashed. They've been getting up huge returns. So then it goes back to if you're not now putting this ball in the end zone and preventing teams from just taking it out, all of a sudden now you, you know we are seeing teams and we are seeing this kickoff coverage team be super leaky. And instead of starting at the 25, now it's like the 35, 40, 45-yard line. You're asking your defense, especially again, We've harped on it a lot, but with this schedule, you are going against a ton of really good and potent offenses. You can't be having them start at their own 40-yard line, especially if you, after your score, if you get a touchdown, huge momentum shift right away. That's another area where you look at this loss, impacts them too even more in a bad way. Oh, there's no question. You're going to give up points as a result of it. I mean, I don't know what the percentages are, but obviously you're starting field position. They go up, you know. Is it going to be a field goal drive? Is it going to be a touchdown drive? All that. There's numbers throughout the league based on where you get the ball. And 
if you're going to have a kick coverage team that struggles the way they have now, and granted, you have to take that with a grain of salt. There were a lot of guys who will be on kick coverage teams when the regular season comes who haven't been out there yet. But, you know, as we talk about things to watch on Saturday, that's a big one because it is going to be closer, at least in the first half, it is going to be closer to what you're going to see during the regular season. And you can't keep doing this. You can't keep giving up, you know, field position. It's going to, it's the kind of thing, go back to the Rams game last year where you you end up, you've got the ball at, at, at the end and you're down by a field goal and you're trying to drive. You know, are you that close if the special teams aren't playing as well as they were that day? I think they had a touchdown during that game, either a touchdown or, or a set up one. Um, you know, you you can't, and that's Super Bowl champs. You've got the ball with a chance to beat them at home in the fourth quarter. What more can you want? But how big a role did special teams play in that game? And if if it plays out again the same way this year, you know, do the Colts have that opportunity? I don't know. That's I think it's, it's really something to keep an eye on Saturday. Right, and going back to that Patriots game too, I mean, the the, the play we all look at, right, is a Jonathan Taylor huge run to ice the game and put it away, but you know that, that offense got going in large part for a blocked punt that was, you know, I believe scored for a touchdown. Like, outside of the offense, did not really do a lot, and Carson Wentz, we saw Frank Wright did not want him throwing the ball whatsoever. So again, it's another example, like you said, of special teams coming up huge and helping this team win games uh, last year. They're going to have to be even more important this year for uh, for sure and, and just as good, you hope, even though some of the losses they've suffered uh, are definitely going to be magnified. And, and what we've seen so far has not exactly been pretty or encouraging. They can be one of the best units heading into the 2022 season. All right. As always, make sure you like and subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on the Odyssey app as well. When we return, August 24th, 2019, a date no Colts fan will ever forget. George Bremer was there. He'll give us his reaction. I have a very weird story as well as where I was when Andrew Luck decided to hang it up. We'll get into that when the Blue Horseshoe Podcast returns.